0: Welcome everybody. This is a new episode after uh, a bit of an unofficial hiatus of Space Flicks, the podcast where we review a movie and decide if it's worth the cost of beaming out to a lonely astronaut in space.
1: Or perhaps a starfish
0: floating in space. <laughs> perhaps, but e- that's, that can't be a spoiler, so it has nothing to do with the movie we're about to talk hey, about.
1: It's in the trailer. Okay. It's in fair the trailer. Enough,
0: fair enough. Um, which is so the movie we're about to, to review is The Suicide Squad. That's right. Written and directed by James Gunn. Adam, would you like to share the synopsis with our listeners?
1: Yes. Supervillains Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and a collection of nutty cons <laughs> at Belle Reeve Prison join the super secret, super shady Task Force X as they are dropped off at the remote, enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese. All right. So there you have it.
0: What, uh, what did you think? Let's start with this. What did you think of uh, Suicide Squad, the David Ayer? Se- oh,
1: never, never seen it. it.
0: Oh okay. Never saw it. Well, then, we'll skip that part and go straight to... Uh, well, what did
1: you think of it?
0: Uh, I thought it was pretty mediocre. I mean, we know, you know, anyone who knows my taste in movies knows that I like all movies. (laughs) (laughs) Basically not a qualified film critic at all. Um, So I enjoyed it. You know, I remember I saw it in a theater. You know, it was a popcorn movie. I think there were some things to like. I didn't think it was particularly good. I also thought... um, Well, I'll tell you, there are things I liked. Like, I liked Harley Quinn in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually totally didn't mind the Joker, Jared Leto's Joker. I know a lot of people found him to be terrible. Um, But for me, it was like, oh, this is an interesting sort of alternate take on this character. Um, He certainly played Psycho, you know, pretty well. Right. Um, The other characters... I think what it was was for an ensemble movie, it it not all the characters really carried their weight like at all. like I think some of the characters, in fact, most of them in that movie were pretty dumb and throwaway, like dumb, not yeah. in a fun, cool way, like arguably in this movie, some of the dumb characters are, um, yeah, but just like, why is this even a character? Um, right, and it wasn't particularly fun. I, I, it It's pretty clear to me what happened, which is that the filmmaker intended to make not necessarily a dark movie, but a movie that's more more focused on like the concept of villains forced to, you know, be a team and and do something. But like fundamentally, they're sort of rejects and bad, bad apples. Right. Um, but then they, the studio put out this trailer that had this sort of zany feel to it. And mm-hmm. that got a really good response. And then they were like, we need this movie to be more zany. So they sort of mm-hmm. tried to, you know, spruce it up with like pop songs and stuff. And uh, it it didn't really work. Yeah. So yeah. that's how I felt about the first movie. Um, just from what I knew going into this one, I just assumed it would be a lot better. <laughs> Quite simply, mm-hmm. I assumed it would be more um, J- James Gunn to me is a better match for what the studio tried to kind of assemble Frankenstein, you know, style for the first suicide squad movie. Like I think, I think the trailer that I, the aforementioned trailer of the previous suicide squad movie made it feel more like what James Gunn actually made with this movie. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, so I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's kind of what I expected. I was like, Oh, I think it's actually going to be funny. I think it's going to have much more of a kind of coherent, like vision or, or tone, um, you know, point of view kind of driving it. And the only thing I wasn't sure of is like, it looks like, you know, it looks like a fun movie. It looks like the actors are having fun. It's probably going to be very funny. um, I really didn't have a sense of, like, is is the story going to be good? Is it going to be, like, an actually well-written, well-made movie as opposed to just kind of a, a, a you know, two hours of kind of craziness, right? Right, um, right. So that was sort of something I wasn't sure of, but I would say I was looking forward to it um, because because of those mainly those two reasons. Like, it looked like it was actually going to be fun, and it looked like it was going to be more... Um, all the press and everything led me to believe, oh, this is more like a, this is this is not studio meddling. This is just like a filmmaker studio gave him the closest thing to carte blanche that you know filmmakers with big studio films get these days. Right, and right. Uh, and I'll I'll enjoy it um, for those reasons. What about you? What were your expectations going in?
1: Yeah, I think my my reluctance to see the first Suicide Squad movie was um and it is, there's a little bit i mean there's a lot of bit of a value judgment in here but basically i was like this seems like a fundamentally kind of silly idea mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it's like a bunch of super villains that are um too uh like like they're not good enough at their jobs that they got caught mm-hmm. and now they have to like you know, like basically, I mean the name, the, the function is in the name. It's like, we are willing to kill off these people in order to accomplish some extremely deadly mission. Right. And it's like, I feel that the vibe I got just hearing sort of the, the people around the first movie, including like David Ayer, the director, it sort of felt like they were trying to ground it in like reality. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, what if this really happened? I was like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? (laughs) Like, this is an insane premise, right? Like, um, and so, and I think it was one of those things where uh, it felt to me like there was a false uh, sort of dependency created between it's like, in order for this movie to be good, it has to be like real. It has to Mm -hmm. be like grounded in reality. I was like, I don't think so. I don't think like that all... Movies need to necessarily be like, "What if this were in the real world today right right because right? I don't at all feel like this like the suicide squad, the movie we're talking about today, like feels like it's could is possible you no, know like no the it's world a comic live book. in
0: it feels like a story from a comic book, totally, right,
1: right? but that doesn't prevent it from being a good movie because I'm willing yeah. to accept all of its insanity and like its comic book logic uh because it tells a very like fun and um like engaging story right yeah, and yeah. so that was sort of like so when i compare it to like why was i not particularly interested in the first thing versus why am i wh- wh- why was i interested in this one and it had to do with i think that it's like i'm not showing up you know i'm not looking to this movie to hold a mirror up to society mm-hmm. <laughs> right mm-hmm. like i'm looking for like some ridiculous characters doing some ridiculous things in a fun, interesting, telling the story in a fun, interesting way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, so that I, so I came in with pretty high expectations, right? I was like, I was expecting a fun time at the movies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but that sort of is the distinction between the its predecessor and this one.
0: One, th- one quick thing I would say—I uh, don't know if you could call this in defense, but just a clarification. From my perspective, you know, obviously, I am just one person, um, but having seen the the original or the previous movie, whatever you want to call it, yeah, I don't think I don't think it was really s- supposed to be realistic. Um, the The way I would phrase it is that it was supposed to make sense, and I uh-huh. think that's where it fell apart. Like, yeah, um, like the you know, in many ways, this movie has has the luxury of not really having to explain the premise because the previous movie did that. So this one, it's like a line. It's like, you know, the drill, (laughs) you, you, you disobey orders. We blow up the explosive device in your head, you know? And it's sort of like end of end of premise. Right. Whereas the first movie, they sort of set it up of like, we need, we need a team of, you know, the most deadly people that, that like exist Right. Mm-hmm. And so they have these big setup, you know, these character establishment sort of scenes of like Captain Boomerang and mm-hmm. Harley Quinn. And, you know, I think they even might set it up like we need a team that could stop Superman if we needed to. Right. Right. And when they're like introducing Harley Quinn, you're like, how could Harley Quinn stop Superman? <laughs> like, what does she even bring to the table at all? You know, Um and she's like good with a baseball bat, really. Like you know, right. um, so it just kind of like the whole premise. And there's even characters in the original, um, like uh, I'm trying to remember. There's there are some characters who who do have who do turn out to have bigger powers than you even realize in the beginning.
1: Yeah, but it's
0: almost like, but they didn't even know that that character had that power. You know, right. when they put the team together, so. Didn't, again, didn't really make sense. Um, so whereas like in this one, I think it's it's a bigger part of the story to me that it's not so much like these are the baddest, meanest, most deadliest people around. It's more like these are all expendable people. <laughs> right? right. Right. Like we're going to send them on suicide missions. Right. Right. Um, like the first one, it was sort of like this is a critical thing, and you're the only ones who can do it. And even though you're right. villains, we just need you. the this movie, the 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 Suicide Squad, it's much more like you're you're a ragtag group, and you know, if you all die, <laughs> that's perfect, <laughs> right. frankly. We don't <laughs> care. Yeah, right? we, we picked and, you because we can let you all die.
1: Yeah, in some ways, I feel like it's almost a bummer. Well, like The the reward for them is so meager. I know 10 years off your sentence. We'll we'll knock 10 years off your sentence. And they're like, and it's just sort of like, yeah, they get very little out of this other than they have to, or they Mm -hmm. will be murdered. Right. right? Uh, And then at the end of it, the carrot is like, great. You can die in prison or die in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, so yeah, I think, um, them feeling like they are discards and that really like they're playing with house money in a way, Mm -hmm. right. Gives it sort of a, um, a very sort of like devil may care attitude. Cause these people are like, look, either I'm dying on this mission or I'm probably dying in prison. So like, you know, might as well just get on, get out of
0: here and do something interesting. Um, so what was your, uh, what was your first impression, Adam, walking out of the movie or I should say turning the TV off? Because I'm guessing we both watched this on HBO Max.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, I did indeed watch it on HBO Max. Uh, so I am part of the problem of, su- of the Suicide Squad not having a earth shattering box office number. Um, really liked it. Really liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so was thinking about it afterward wanted to rewatch particular bits which fortunately because it's on streaming what a (laughs) can what a privilege right um and just you know like i just found myself really engaged by it and was like i want more of this Mm -hmm. i would love Mm -hmm. um and it's sort of a shame and i mean without giving away spoilers like i think it seems like it'd probably be pretty impossible to like do it again right i don't Um, know i think they could i think they could do it again if they
0: give James Gunn a giant sack of money,
1: which yes. they probably
0: won't because of, you know, aforementioned box office. I,
1: but I think some of the reason, and, and you know, far be it for me to pretend like you couldn't make it work with a different cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I became particularly attached to some of the characters in this movie. And i see, it seems unlikely that, uh,
0: that they would bring them they back. They would be
1: a, they would be part of another mm-hmm. suicide squad. Film. Yeah. So um I don't know that the, was sort of the, the reason bummer.
0: I say they could do it again is like James Gunn has said he pretty much di- I think he said in some interview like he just googled like worst DC <laughs> characters and <laughs> right. just like picked a bunch of those and decided yeah. to like make them interesting you know so yeah. I would think the list is quite long of characters you could pull out of you know out of the deep deep cuts for dc fans and be like what if this was just a character that was going to be a big part of this movie you know right right um which totally is
1: I, i'm sure there's a bottomless well of like ridiculous dc characters you can mm-hmm. pull from it's more like i like blood sport mm-hmm. i like rat catcher too yeah i like king shark you know what i mean and right, so right. the the idea of them not being the suicide squad, but it instead being like the concept of the suicide squad mm-hmm. is like a little less appealing to me. Right, right. It's like, no, no, no. I want to see the adventures of these particular people again, but maybe that's like, who's to say whether that's in the cards or not. Time will tell.
0: Um, yeah, I really, really liked it too. I think really early on, I, I sort of, you know, so, I guess, um, I would say within the first, you know, 20, 30 minutes of this movie, I was sort of just like, this is great. Like, yeah, you know, the way this is, uh, just the way this is put together, the way it's written, the characters, the performances, even like the editing. I'm yeah. like, this is really good. Um, it just, it just, it was one of those, it's one of those, you get a lot of pleasure out of just watching something that's, that's, a, you know, that's done at a really high level. And that's kind of yeah. how I felt like this movie was done, like everything, I think the quality was just super high, um, like the comedy was well done, like well edited. The timing was good. Right. Um, good balance of like and the story was interesting. Right. And the characters were interesting. Um, yeah. And I almost got like a little nervous because anytime a movie starts really strong, I have this like low level nervousness of like, Oh, but maybe it's not going to stay this good, you know? Yeah. yeah <laughs> like yeah. a lot of times movies start strong and then they sort of like, you know, the second and third acts get, get a little bit weaker. But, uh, I thought this was quite, quite solid throughout. Um, really enjoyable, pretty much start to finish. So yeah, after, I, I think I'm with you that, that when the movie ended, I was just like, that was, that was one of the better movies I've seen in a while. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm, and I'm really glad it exists. Right. Uh, I think, I think it's not like I was that attached to the concept of the Suicide Squad. You know, like it's not like I was clam. I I felt like the concept needed to be done better after the first movie, but um, but it's the sort of thing that now that this movie is out there, I'm like, I, I appreciate it because you know because there's a lot of superhero movies out there and comic book movies, and there's definitely a lot of homogeneity, right? Um, and this is just very different. So, um, not to mention, you know, it's R rated. (laughs) Yeah. There's a few of those, you know, you got your Deadpools and whatnot, but this, this, um, this just feels like a different animal, um, from its, you know, from its kin that are ostensibly in the same category.
1: Yeah. I think like, it's funny, despite, um, you know, James Gunn, obviously authoring, this film and uh, the Guardians movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. uh, There's something about this movie that feels just, um, even though it's very funny, I think in the same way, in in some ways, the ways that the Guardians movies are funny, because obviously it's like the same person writing them. This movie just feels so much like more subversive and weirder Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and grosser. And I mean that in a good way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Uh, that it just feels like very liberated from I think what previously had been the the primary paths that these comic book now movie studios felt like you had to go on. Mm-hmm. There's like the Marvel brand of like wholesome whiz bang fun with like a little a little bit of you know like literally some PG thirteen. Mm -hmm. energy to them but mostly pretty like wholesome fun yeah to the point that like our mom will watch those movies yeah right yeah yeah. compared to like and then the alternative is like dc which is not entirely i think like shazam is an exception to this rule Mm -hmm. right but like pretty self-serious pretty Mm -hmm. sort um like trying to go, I mean, and I think especially in the case of like the Zack Snyder Justice League, mm-hmm. right? Uh sort of very like consciously interested in like mythology and iconography and sort of being these larger than life characters that are almost like godlike, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like um the Marvel route can become a little bit safe and sterile after a while. And the DC approach that I was describing can be a little bit joyless. Mm-hmm. Right. And this movie is neither of those things. Right. Right. It's not safe. It's not sterile. And it's like full of joy. Yeah. And so it's just sort yeah. of like all the things that I felt like I wasn't getting from from any of book these other comic in general. Book yeah. movies, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. And why you sort of get burned out on comic book movies, because it's like either it's like, you know, a toothpaste commercial on the Marvel side or it's like this pompous slog on the DC side. Right. Right. It, and this is like fantastic. Take all the things that we're missing from all those other movies and just like shove them into this one. Um, and so if, if DC can find a way to enjoy like being a little bit weirder and yeah. like, uh, I think it'll have a chance of, of pulling out of like the weirds to me sort of like, uh, death march of like Wonder Woman 84 and Mm -hmm. Justice League. And it's like, oh, these interminably long, boring movies, (laughs) right? Like, uh, just don't do that. You don't have to, right? I think Marvel almost fell into that trap with like the Thor movies in the beginning, Mm -hmm. right? But it's just sort of like, oh, we need, like people need to have fun at these things, right? Um, so at any rate, yeah, that was my, that's this sort of like w- whatever the opposite of a Venn diagram is, right? <laughs> like the thing that's outside You don't want the intersection the yet. You want.
0: Right. Um, d- 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 what is, is there a word that's opposite of intersection? The <laughs> <Outer> disunion? <section. laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, a thought that just popped into my head, so it's not necessarily super well, you know, it's not fully baked, um, is I think it's interesting when you think about how Marvel... They were they were very much restricted when they started making movies because they didn't yeah. have the rights to Spider-Man, they didn't have the rights to X-Men. Um mm-hmm. so they were forced to start with their sort of B, you know, B characters, yeah. like right. Iron yeah. Man, Captain America. Like they were pretty kinda well known. But it's almost, right. it's almost hard to remember even back when Iron Man came out. Like, Iron Man was not a very popular superhero.
1: He was not a top-tier Marvel the, superhero. The average right. person
0: probably didn't even know who he was. Um, right. And, you know, they made him, obviously, like probably the most popular superhero in the world. But DC, meanwhile, they had Superman. They had Batman. And mm-hmm. so what's interesting to me to think about is how DC's movies with these characters who were supposedly safer bets have not Mm -hmm. done as well as the Marvel movies, which were just going with their unknowns and building up something. And I think there might be something there um, around, like, audiences not really having expectations and just being open to whatever, you know, whatever the movie wants these characters to be. Right. And when you you think about DC, the most sort of interesting movies they've made to me are like shazam the Mm -hmm. suicide squad and if you want to count it which you probably don't have to but like watchmen those are all movies where they're not working with characters that are household names you know right and so i think you go in and you're sort of it's more of a novel experience versus, you know, as opposed to their Batman where you're like, I've seen Batman a million times, you know, it, this is just, okay, this is the darkest version yet. Yeah. Or like Superman where you're like, I've seen Superman. I liked, kind of liked, you know, <laughs> kind of liked the Christopher Reeve Superman. This is, I don't know what this is. Right. Um, but yeah, Suicide Squad. I mean, who's heard of King Shark or Polka Dot right. Man before? Right, right. Or yeah, Bloodsport.
1: Yeah. I think the same sort of, um, expectations game you're describing, I would imagine probably applies to the people who make the movie too. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, audiences have this certain amount of like reverence and expectation for Superman. And you would imagine that the people making the movie are like, well, Hey, it's Superman. We gotta, Mm -hmm. we gotta, you know, get this right. We gotta, you know, do it the right way. And there's probably all sorts of preconceived notions about what that entails. Yeah. And so, or like, or the-
0: you're or you're actively like responding to it. You know, like Zack Snyder obviously chose to make a Superman that was very different from what people thought Superman should. Be, sure. Right. Sure. Yeah. But like either either way, whether you're going whether you're aligning with it or you're actively choosing not to align with it, you're it's it's kind of anchoring your take. Right. Right.
1: Right. I mean, like, the thing to think about is, like, the the Justice League, Zack Snyder Justice League, Superman is, like, this boogeyman that hovers over the movie, mm-hmm. right? I feel like the first two-thirds of it, they're, like, we need to resurrect Superman, right? Yeah. And it's sort of, like, everything anchors around, like, how can we get this, cute, this, you know, like, living deity to join our... Our league, our right. league of justice, right. right? What I like about the suicide squad is Superman is like a presence in this film, but specifically in the sense of like, he's killable. You know what I mean? Like mm, mm-hmm. blood sport, put him in the hospital with a kryptonite bullet. Just this guy mm-hmm. put Superman in the hospital. And it's like, that's so different than justice league is like, we need Superman back. And just and the suicide squad is like, he's dispensable, right? Mm-hmm. Like this guy in prison, put him in, put him in there. And it's like, that makes that very much undercuts the sort of like, um, gods on earth, gods on earth sort of vibe that mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the other DC films are going for. Yeah. Right. And so that's one of the reasons I like this movie is it just sort of, it like, uh, it deflates that myth a little bit and makes it a little more fun to live in this world where yeah. Superman exists. Um, cause it can be sort of joyless, right? It can be, it's like, uh, what's the point of anything? Superman exists. Like, yeah, nothing is stronger than him. He will, even when he dies, he gets brought back. Right. Like, um, and this movie just is sort of like, let's just, let's just live in a world where, uh, this lowly dude is capable of, um, you know, upending sort of our assumptions about who the most powerful people in the world are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think you're right. Other than, I mean, I think in any other DC movie in which Superman exists, it's either we need Superman desperately, or we're very afraid of Superman. Right. That's that's the other sort of angle. Um, right. Like in Batman V Superman, for example. um, so okay we have uh I guess next up we normally talk about themes. I think uh what do you think I, th- I mean I think the biggest theme for me is just uh sort of the value of rejects. <laughs> um and family. Family is always, you know, I yeah, sort of I can see a common thread with like Guardians and this this movie James Gunn I think likes to make movies about sort of what do you call it? Found family or like where they're not act technically like blood relatives, but this group of people come together and they sort of become a family. Right. 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 Um, But the biggest one to me is just like, yeah, the idea of the lowest and most despised members of society, like having a purpose and having value. Yeah. What do you think?
1: I I think that that's spot on. I think there's even a line late in the film That is, is that saying literally (laughs) right? Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think there's like some really interesting, maybe not the, these aren't the point of the movie, but I do think there's like a really strong, um, anti imperialist or Mm -hmm. sort of like, uh, very, um, it very much undercuts this notion of America as like a good country. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, sort of like morally good, um, yeah.
0: yeah, America which, doesn't is not painted in a very positive light in this movie.
1: Which is, like, extremely radical, right? I mean, like, I can't think of another superhero movie that attempts to portray America in such a way. Hmm. Certainly there are, like, evil government agencies in other superhero films, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's pretty radical to sort of basically say, hey, yeah, like... America's the bad guy in mm-hmm. the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a very, uh, so thing to do in like a giant Hollywood blockbuster film. Um, the other thing, uh, one of the other things I found was a pretty important theme in this movie was sort of like, this was this mission or maybe the other people who were in the mission, we're giving these people like reasons to keep going. Right. Mm -hmm. They found like motivation to do more than they thought they could Mm -hmm. with each other than they ever would have found by themselves. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I think it's sort of adjacent to the family conversation, but it's sort of like, Oh, by being confronted with people who are different from me, I am uncovering things about myself that I didn't know I could do.
0: Yep. Right. Finding the good in each other.
1: Yeah. Bringing it out of one another. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yep. I think those are the themes I think, you know, I think it's pretty clean. You know, it's not a movie with like a ton on its mind philosophically. Um, It's got a few things. I think we touched on them, but yeah, I think first and foremost, it seems to me the goal was entertainment and I think it really succeeds. So it, it packages all that in a very, a very palatable, uh, form. Right. Yeah. Which is sure. just like yeah. funny, enjoyable, really, really memorable action and so forth. Yep. Um, I think next to, I think speaking of, you know, all those good things, I think we, we go to just highlights of the movie next, if, unless I'm forgetting a segment.
1: No, I think yeah, I think now it's time so for us to sound spoil the it. spoiler submarine, that's right? And start talking about the good stuff that's in here. So why don't you go first? What just what what stood out to you?
0: Um. Okay. So, I mean, I I really, I really thought the humor was great throughout. I I think I might have mentioned the editing already. Um. I, I don't know I don't know why the editing stands out to me in this movie. I think it's just like so often, you know, it's it's everybody knows this, how how critical timing is in comedy. Mm-hmm. But I just found this movie to be filled with lots of little shots. So maybe it's not so much edit it's like as much direction and acting as editing, but so many little like reaction shots and just like moments and even the way that the actors time out the dialogue. Um, Mm -hmm. that worked super well, like maybe two examples off the top of my head, and I'm sure I'll think of more as we talk, um, in the opening, you know, in the first kind of big action scene where, where it's sort of the squad a who are mostly Mm -hmm. killed, um, Mm -hmm. are storming the beach and, you know, Harley Quinn, sort of sort of like lies down next to the, what's his name? The javeliner or that guy. Javelin is his name. Javelin. Um, and he's sort of like telling her, you know, wield it for dot, dot, Mm -hmm. dot. And then he, and he dies and she's just like, for what? You know, like, (laughs) um, it, it it was, I thought that was great. You know, you sort of know it's like, this is going this, they're going to end this somehow in, in an interesting way because, You know, we know she's crazy. She seems Mm -hmm. to like him because of his accent. And Mm -hmm. so surely they're not just going to, you know, end this with like a very maudlin, like emotional death. It's going to be like funny somehow. But it still kind of caught me by surprise that that's that that's how they capped off that scene. just, he literally doesn't finish his sentence. And she's like, (laughs) yeah, what is, and then, you know, and and it really pays off because throughout the movie, she's like, I'm going to figure out what this javelin is for, you know? (laughs) Right. It's like, it's important to her. Yeah. Um, I loved that. I also just really loved um, when, uh, you know, when Waller is getting Bloodsport to agree to be on the team. and And her staff, in particular, this one guy, we sort of horrified to learn, you know, what she's willing to do. Yeah. Um. And, and, but then like when Bloodsport finally agrees and he leaves and Waller walks off and the one guy's like, Is she really going to do that with his kid? And the other person just sort of shrugs, like, I don't know. <laughs> you right. Know? I was just like, that's such a perfect little comedic moment of just like this little group they still operate just like you know your coworkers, where yeah, yeah, you, nobody wants to make like a moral talk about morals or ethics or whatever. Just sort of like the simplest thing to do in this intense situation is just to be like, oh, I don't know what are you gonna do, you know? <laughs> right? I guess she's gonna. Right. I guess she's cool with killing kids. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I. But I feel like the movie. Those are just a couple of random examples, but I think the movie's just filled with little little delights like that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think I do think that that speaks to your comment about the editing because who's to know what precisely the comedic timing of the actor's performance
0: mm-hmm.
1: was on yeah. the set, right? But like I agree that the jokes are like perfectly timed. Like as an example when uh Bloodsport and Peacemaker are having like a little bit of a pissing contest about mm-hmm. who can like kill people the most cool ways mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and Bloodsport says to Peacemaker he's like nobody likes to show off mm-hmm. and Peacemaker's like unless the thing they're showing off is dope AF right Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then and which is funny in of itself the line right. is like very funny and then Peacemaker turns around walks a couple paces and he's like he's right <laughs> that was yeah, cool well, Bloodsport right. says that right? right right oh sorry yeah yeah Bloodsport like, right, ah, turns it's around it's true right right <laughs> <laughs> just stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I don't remember if there was a cut in there or whatever, but just like, you know, it, yeah, I agree. The just timing, good timing is yeah. really, really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, some of the joke, some of the way the jokes are told visually, like the overhead projector joke, the transparency mm-hmm. projector joke, right? Like the way the camera, like when rat catcher is like, what is that? And the camera like pans over to the (laughs) overhead projector. It's like, that's a nice visual surprise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The way that it's communicated. So, yeah. And I feel like it's,
0: I feel like that's another, there's a lot of things in the movie that like, it's not just a one-off. It's sort of, it's sort of a gift that gives multiple times. Like the idea that she's a millennial, right? Right.
1: Right. (laughs) It it totally
0: ties into that. Um,
1: yes for sure which
0: one of the first thing I think when she's first introduced and she's like oh, I don't want to get up and peacemakers just like millennials <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I also yeah. I also loved the idea of Waller using the exact same line where she's like this is peacemaker any anything in his in his hands can be a deadly weapon or whatever and like as an audience his father's like, been training him to
1: kill yeah yeah since I'm like, I'm like wait born.
0: isn't that what she said about Bloodsport? and then he's just like you just said the, literally the
1: exact same thing about Are you serious? Me. He does exactly <laughs> what I do. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then of course he's like, I just do it better, you know.
1: Yeah, smaller, smaller bullets. I
0: shoot I, your bullet holes. I shoot through them
1: without touching <laughs> without them touching them sides. the sides.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was great. All the characters were 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 really great. I think this is more of a, a this is not like a specific thing. It's more a general thing, and it is. I don't think we should compare the movies too much, but um, I will say something the original Suicide Squad did very poorly in my opinion. And I kind of touched on it is that certain characters are just sort of pointless. Um, I think this one does a much better job of every character is like, not necessarily important to the plot. I mean, they are, you know, but some of that Mm -hmm. can be sort of manufactured. Right. Right. But more importantly, they're just they just all add something to the movie. Um, Right. It's not just they're more like they're all characters you like to be Mm -hmm. in the mix. Right. Mm -hmm. I think in the first movie, um, I don't even remember all the characters, but for sure, some of them not only were they totally useless in the plot because it was like they didn't need that person's powers. They didn't really do anything vital. Or they did, but it was sort of forced. Like, they happened to do a thing that anyone else could have done. Um, But also, they were just kind of forgettable. Like, some of them didn't really have... Like, Harley Quinn had a unique and interesting personality. But, you know, even Deadshot, like Will Smith's character, didn't Mm -hmm. particularly. (laughs) Um, I think Bloodsport in this movie, who's basically like Deadshot from the previous movie, I think is way more interesting. He just probably because of his dynamic with Peacemaker. Um,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: But right. but yeah, like all the interactions between all the characters, like the fact that Ratcatcher 2 and King Shark have a bit of like, you know, bonding thing. Bloodsport mm-hmm. versus Peacemaker have this little mm-hmm. rivalry thing. Um, Rick Flag, you know, the way he, he sort of is, I think, a pretty likable leader. He seems to have a good rapport with a bunch of the different you know, members of the team. Mm -hmm. Um, You can sort of tell, I think the story is written well and the actors do a good job giving, like giving you the sense that he's kind of been working with this group before, you know, like, like Harley knows him. They sort of has a fondness for him. Um, And, and, uh, and Bloodsport, you know, and he kind of get along. So, um, yeah, just all the characters, all the characters, uh, add a ton more to this movie. Not nobody's really, I mean, they're all expendable in the sense that they can all die, but nobody's like a throwaway character. Yeah. Except of course, for all the throwaway characters at the beginning,
1: (laughs) which is what I kind of love about that. Right. Uh Like I feel like in, in some ways gun, uh, in the beginning of the film is like, look, like part of the fun of the suicide squad is going to be these ridiculous superheroes Mm -hmm. who ultimately, serve no real function and that's kind of the joke right so let's just have them in the movie Mm -hmm. but let's kill them immediately yeah right and sort of show like this is the inevitable conclusion of javelin right Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i will say the visual joke with tdk the detachable detachable kid kid. was just an unbelievable joke right (laughs) just sort of like this person's superpower that is useless right <laughs> his uh, arms
0: can move on their own just
1: slapping at a distance right. right um and so it's just sort of like i think that put like a really nice point on it that it's like these people are super villains mm-hmm. like in sort of um by extremely low standards right, right? right. the the fact that like petty criminals yeah is in the mix here yeah. right is just sort of like Uh, you know that and he drowns immediately right (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just sort of like oh yeah this is really the bottom of the barrel that except he didn't
0: drown did you see the yes 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 yes, i
1: did see that but like but the but i think you know without knowing what the very 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 end of the movie is going to be right right right, i think it just worked i was laughing very hard when (laughs) When he's just like weasel's dead (laughs) they're like when weasel's struggling to swim and they're like, did anybody, anybody bother to check if the weasel could swim? Yep. (laughs) Can't he's dead. Yeah. He's dead. Uh, so yeah. So I, I thought that was a great touch. Um, other great, uh, moments in the film. I will say like when I was thinking about spots, I wanted to go back and watch again. Mm -hmm. I think I just felt like just this wave of joy passed through me when uh, and i didn't even realize that this is what was happening but the moment that um so bloodsport is sort of falling through uh-huh. floors of Jotunheim, uh-huh. this uh-huh. uh this impervious nazi base that they have penetrated at the end and like he ends up like on the same plane as peacemaker, as peacemaker and ratcatcher who is like yeah. holding you know holding a gun over ratcatcher 2 and about to execute her And like there's this extremely wide shot of like on one end of the building is Peacemaker and on the right side of the screen is uh, is Bloodsport. And they are about to have a classic Mm -hmm. Western shootout with one another. And I was just sort of like just like realizing that the the past really probably like 15 minutes of the movie or whatever have all been leading up to just be giving us this moment, like Mm -hmm. everything that happened with Rick flag and rat catcher in the basement Mm -hmm. with staros and everything that happened up in the aquarium level, all the way down, like was just to get these two guys on a plane with one another to have Mm -hmm. a shootout. It was just so delightful to me because I didn't see it coming maybe just because I'm a bad movie watcher or whatever, but like (laughs) I didn't, I didn't like foresee like all these, these falls down be like, Oh, I see where this is going. It's going right. to And with like, it just sort of the moment it happened, it was it's like, just oh! like when it all clicked together. Right. right. Yeah, they, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, and it's like, they do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like, uh, and one of them has vowed to like get rat catcher out of this thing alive. Yep. And the other one yep. clearly intends to kill her. Like this is the perfect conflict, yep. right? Like yep. I love yep. this conflict. Um, and so just like, ju- just the, the patience of the movie mm-hmm. to like set up all these things that have to happen just to get to that moment mm-hmm. was sort of like just so delightful to me. And so totally. when, when, the, when the movie ended, I was like, I will be rewinding to that moment just so I can see <laughs> it unfold again. Um,
0: uh, I totally am with you. I loved the build up to that. I, I will say something that I thought was going to happen and wanted to happen, but I'm totally fine that this happened instead. But when it first goes, you know, where Peacemaker's holding the gun up to Ratcatcher's head and then suddenly it cuts to like eight minutes earlier or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, 15 minutes earlier, whatever. And it cuts to like the whole group goes off, but King Shark just goes off on his own. Mm -hmm. I was like, are we going to watch King Shark just like wandering for eight minutes? (laughs) <laughs> until because I totally thought he was gonna like walk in and you know kill peacemaker or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. um because you know she said she would be his friend um but I just was like I am so ready to just watch King shark wander around aimlessly because yeah. he's like so dumb you know like right. it's it's so hilarious that they and they and they you know they make it a thing where like they're sort of like damn it and not wait multiple times <laughs> But I just love that he's like, he's still useful, you know, he's a, he's a real tank. So we keep him around, but damn, is he dumb. Um, (laughs) I love when he makes the little, (laughs) he makes the little explosive guy and he's like, peacemaker. And peacemaker's like, that's actually really nice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When King Shark puts his finger over his lip and he's like, must, you know, he's like, disguise, right? And they're like, you look just like a shark. Yeah, You don't look any different at all. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it's all
0: really good. Very yeah. good stuff. So, On a totally different note, something that wasn't funny, but I just thought was really cool. I don't know if you liked this part. Um, the scene when uh, Bloodsport, Rick Flag, and Peacemaker are in that, you know, truck,
1: mm-hmm. and Bloodsport's
0: just like, all right. <laughs> He yeah, just sort yeah. of gives a little speech that sort of communicates to the other two that he's like, here's my plan, you know? Right. Let's just kill these three guys <laughs> all right. at the same time. But, you know, I just, I just loved, you know, the way it's written. It's just like a really economical way of communicating. Like these three guys are all pretty elite, right? Yeah. Um, And
1: then, and Peacemaker's like, count of one. <laughs>
0: right. Count of one, like, one, one. And they just take out the three guys simultaneously. I was like, oh, that's pretty badass. You know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the sort of thing where it's like, it's easy to write that, you know, and there's not really like a lot of cool choreography required, but I just liked the concept and the idea of these three guys sort of, we all know what to do, right? In this moment, we don't need a lot of coordination. We don't need a lot of planning. Each one of us take the guy who's in front of us and we can do it, you know,
1: no problem. Yep. Um, So that was really fun. I liked that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um. And then like in any movie, I think, uh, this movie has a very sort of Avengers-y kind of moment, right? Where, um, Staros has escaped from the facility Mm -hmm. and (laughs) it's hilarious. Like they're like, you know, Team Force X, are you there? And Bloodsport's like, "Uh uh-huh. (laughs) right and they're just like watching (laughs) this starfish like destroy a city yeah um and so they're walking away you know they've been ordered to walk away uh uh, and they all decide to collectively turn around and walk toward the carnage because they Mm -hmm. can't in good conscience abandon this city of helpless people Mm -hmm. um that felt very much like uh You know, that to me, it's this movie's version of that moment in the first Avengers movie where they're like all assembled, you know, together Mm -hmm, and they're loading mm -hmm. their weapons or whatever. And they're getting ready for like the next big uh, fight of aliens, the the baddies or whatever. It's sort of like um, from that moment after they disobey the order and they're like walking into the town and then Harley Quinn like tightens her boot and they begin to run together mm-hmm. it's just there's something like just so deeply satisfying mm. about that moment it's like they really are a squad now mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Yeah. um like nobody here wants to kill each other king shark isn't going to try to eat any of these people right like yeah. Yeah. um you know they're all aligned in their purpose and they're doing the right thing there's just something very rewarding about that and i just any time any type of thing That's a getting the band together type situation when the band eventually does get together. Mm -hmm. It's just a very rewarding thing. I rewatched the end of the Blues Brothers the other day just (laughs) for fun. But just like remembering like the whole getting that the first whatever half of that movie is just them assembling a band. And then when the band actually plays, it's like this joyous thing. And that's sort of how I felt about the end of the Suicide Squad is I feel like it takes us that long to get to like this is really the squad now. Yeah. Right. We yeah. had to get, we had to shed all the dead weight and lose all the people we were going to lose along the way to ultimately get to this formulation of the crew. And of course it doesn't even like, even that doesn't last, but like, um, but that felt like a very, that was just very like a mo a popcorn movie moment that makes you like really, you know, feel like it was worth the entire thing leading up to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, totally agree. What did you think of, What did you think of the actual fight with Starro? Like how it went, you know, where it's like Bloodsport shoots his big gun. He tells King Shark, monster is Mm num-num. Polka dot man, hey, that's your mom. It's your mom.
1: Yeah. Um, I thought every, it's one of those things where I think it probably works better for me the first time than it does the second time. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause every individual moment, felt like the right thing for the characters to be doing Mm -hmm. and felt like um, it was like emotionally working for me, Mm -hmm. right? But ultimately, none of what practically any of them do really matters at all, with the exception of Ratcatcher 2 and Harley. Yes, but I still feel like they would have won even without Harley. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so I, I have I have thoughts about that. I think
0: I think they could have done th- This is about ba- a bit of a nitpick I have with that closing scene, actually. And just for the record, the bar is low because the first suicide squad, the final conflict where they all have to use their powers is like the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like yeah. it's basically like all dead shot and nobody else matters. And they try to, they try to fabricate things where other people are contributing, but it's like, you don't need any of these other characters for this. Right. Um, In this movie, one of my nits is, so I think rat catcher has these rats climbing up Starro, but Mm -hmm. like, they're not able to like bite. They're not able to chew through Starro's hide as much as, as far as we can tell. Cause I mean, people have been shooting bullets at this thing, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah, Um, It's, to me, it is pretty clear that when Harley jumps through with the javelin, that, like, creates an opening for the rats to mm-hmm. get in to, like, you know, the tender, all the brains mm-hmm. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I wish that they'd maybe made that a little bit more clear, like the fact that the rats couldn't actually penetrate Starro initially. Right. Um, right. I also wish they'd shown rats getting in through, like, King Shark's, like, you know, he'd, he'd opened mm-hmm. up a little bit of a wound on, right. like, one of the arms. Yeah. And, I, and like, because my 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 thing is, I feel like ultimately they didn't need polka Man or King Shark. Like, both of their efforts were right. in vain. But I kind of wish they'd shown the rats getting in through, like, you know, Polka-Dot the Man inflicted created, some wounds. Yeah, yeah. King Shark inflicted a little wound. And then I would have liked the idea that Harley inflicts, like, probably the, the biggest one and the yeah. rats are able to get into Starro's body that way. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like they, they didn't quite connect all the dots. So it made King Shark and Polka Dot Man seem a little bit pointless.
1: Right. Don't uh, get me wrong. I liked every one of those moments. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things where when I read it back, when I mm-hmm. watch it back, I'm like, I'm like, oh, none of that stuff really mattered. Like Bloodsport's contributions really didn't matter. Yeah.
0: Right. I'm more okay with that. Cause he's sort of, you know, he's like the leader, the leader. <laughs> right, right. It's okay. He tells people what to do, but yeah, no, I felt it even while watching it the first time I was like, I really want, I was like waiting for them to show the rats getting in, in through the wound that King shark yeah, opened, yeah. but they did not yeah.
1: And I was like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, I just, I w- like, that's the thing is I would have loved for it all to have mattered. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah. and it really didn't at the end of the day, you really just need, uh, You need Ratcatcher two and arguably Harley Quinn, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, like, that's you don't really need the squad. Just send Ratcatcher in there. Yeah. Right. Um, But that being said, I think Ratcatcher wouldn't have survived without Bloodsport, and maybe the rats wouldn't have gotten in without Harley, and maybe you know, I mean, like, just like all this stuff. Who's to say? They all at
0: least served. It's like this is very forgivable to me because they may not all serve a purpose in that final battle, but they all serve mm-hmm. a purpose in the movie. Right. Like, right. King right. shark is very important at, at times. Um, right. I was thinking about this. I was like, is he, <laughs> does he ever, yeah, maybe he's actually d- I don't know. I, I feel he, like he's, maybe he just,
1: maybe he's never critical actually. Uh <laughs> um, Right. I don't. I don't know. And I think, in some ways, to to try to like pick apart the sort of perfect architecture of the movie plot mm-hmm. is not really like the point. No, 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 right. Like King Shark is in this movie not because he serves a glorious purpose. You know, for a particular reason. It's more just like he's just part of this ragtag bunch, right? Yeah. and like I they think, figure it out one way or another.
0: I think it's like at least. Maybe I'm giving the movie too much too much. I'm, I'm giving the movie too much leeway, but um, I think for me it's like either as long as the character does serve a crucial purpose, or you can at least see how they would have been uniquely useful. Which mm-hmm. is more the case with King Shark because, like, they establish yeah. at some point in the movie like they're like firing machine guns at him and stuff, and he's okay. Yeah. And you're like, right. okay, this guy's really he's like the Hulk, you know? Right? They don't right. ever end up actually needing that so much. <laughs> but right. but he's like he was some he was a unique member of this team in that he could have, you know, he couldn't quite take out Starro, right? But he could have mm-hmm. taken out like much bigger baddies than the the rest of the team probably could have. Right. So right. you're like, yeah, he's valuable. And Polka Dot Man, you know, he's got his crazy weird <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. those are, whatever those interdimensional
1: his interdimensional
0: virus yeah, or whatever virus yeah. polka dots are. They seem to do quite a bit of damage. Like you right. know, right. they're more powerful than Bloodsport's guns. It seems. Right. So.
1: And um. Yeah. So again, I liked all of those moments. Like I love like the quote, like the 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 incredulity and joy with which King Shark delivers the line, "Monster is num num, Uh huh. He's like. Shocked and is like, I can't believe He's like, his good so luck. So excited, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, just yeah, just you know, like I wouldn't. It, the movie would be worse if you yeah. didn't get a moment like that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Um, so so I'm all for it. So uh, yeah, loved loved the loved the finale. Even though, upon picking it apart, like, oh, it doesn't do maybe what like sort of a, a more perfect screenplay. Would do, but I don't maybe, really, maybe. I don't yeah. really care. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. Well, how about fix the movie? Are there any things that do bug you or you want to dive into a little bit more that just could have been improved here?
1: Well, did you watch all the way to the very, very end of the credits? Uh, no, Was there another post credits there, there was another one. No, yes. It, it's it. kind of a, it, it's a meaningful one. Are you ready for me to spoil it for you right now? Uh, sure. I guess <laughs> go for it. Well, I mean, I don't have to, I can, I can make my S- point. Don't no, spoil it for me. Uh, so it's peacemaker in a hospital bed. Oh, he's not dead, huh? Not dead. Mm-hmm. Right. And which you could probably deduce be if you knew, also knew the following piece of information, there's going to be a peacemaker TV show on HBO max. You know, it's
0: funny. I did know that which is why I was pleasantly surprised when he, you know, quote unquote died in the movie. So I thought he died. And I remember when that happened, I was like, oh, so I guess that spinoff that I heard about must be like prequel. A prequel. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I guess he just survived.
1: Yeah. So um,
0: that's, that's okay. Well, anyway, you were about to comment on that. I think
1: I was like, well, if you're going to bring him back, Uh right. I'm really going to miss Rick flag. Mm, Right. Yeah. Now I get it. It's the suicide squad. Some people have to die. Right. Um, but I did feel like of all the people who potentially could like help you stitch these movies together, Mm -hmm. if you're going to make more than one, like Rick flag would be the guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that they, I mean, they could always kick off the next movie and say like Rick flag actually survived his brutal stab to the chest. Right. Like <laughs> even though um, we took great pain to show you it going through his heart. <laughs> right. Like, right.
0: We didn't have to reveal that detail, but we did. Right. But now we're saying he survived it.
1: I mean, I could even see a world where they choose to bring starro back next. Sure. Another movie. Right. They, they say something like, Oh, one of his little starfish. Yeah. Ser- becomes a big starfish. Right. Um, whatever. Right. Uh, so at any rate, like there's, uh, it's comics. You can do whatever you want. But I was, I was bummed to see Rick flag go. I would have loved for, and I know it gives it stakes the same way killing Colson in the Avengers gives the movie stakes. Mm-hmm. Right. But like a lot of other characters died too. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know that you need to kill flag to accomplish the same thing you're trying to do. Um, so to Wait, be clear, like, your fix the movie is don't kill Rick Flagg. That's a thing I would like to have seen mm. is don't kill Rick Flagg.
0: I think it's good that they killed Rick Flagg. Well, I mean, I get what you're saying, but like I actually to me, what, from what you're saying, I feel like a fix the movie should have been like, actually kill Peacemaker. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in general, it's like, yeah, they threw away. They, they had a bunch of characters die in the beginning. Which is to me, like, maybe it's supposed to sort of set up like, oh, anybody can die, right? Even these actors, even these characters who we got major actors to play. But then, really, not a lot of people do die. There's Rick Flagg, and then I thought Peacemaker. Right. Um, And that's kind of it. And Polka Dot Man. That's true. Polka Dot Man. Yeah, he's not coming back. Um, But that's actually not even so much the reason I would say that might be my fix of the movie. It's more like, how did Bloodsport not fatally shoot someone? <laughs> that that's right. the weird thing. That's a little weird to me. I'm like, you've established that these two are just like ult, ultra effective killers. Yeah, and you're so the premise here is Bloodsport just shot Peacemaker in a non non lethal. Not only spot. did he shoot Peacemaker, they shoot shot their bullets so precisely that one went through the other. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, I know that the physics or the sort of like it does it doesn't imply one could have been fatal and the other not fatal. But like, I just think that's very much the the premise there is they both were aiming, you know, in like the deadliest, most precise way. Right. And Bloodsport frickin knows how to kill somebody. (laughs) Right. So I don't know.
1: I'm the, just like that. Yeah. That
0: that feels like an inconsistency to me. The idea of bloodsport would have just hit him in a non lethal spot. Yeah, right. Un- I guess unless he did that on purpose, right? Maybe that's Maybe. what that's supposed to mean. Because in fairness, bloodsport has very little information in that moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. He doesn't know why Peacemaker is aiming a gun at Ratcatcher, too. Right. Um. So, like, he doesn't know he's working for Waller. Right. Um. Like like extra working for waller right Um, so i guess i guess i've talked myself out of that being a huge flaw because you could explain it as blood sport intentionally shot him in a location that would incapacitate him make him unconscious but not necessarily kill
1: him right yeah or i mean a bullet hitting another bullet causes the first bullet's trajectory to change slightly right or just slow Um, down just enough yeah who's to yeah put it yeah i I, I think you're right. I think ultimately at the end of the day, like killing Rick flag is probably the right decision to give the movie the heft that mm-hmm. it needs. Right. And make you be, and make you really feel ready for Bloodsport to kill peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you know, P- peacemakers like at that point, pretty irredeemable. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that makes you okay with that, st- with that shootout. Right. And in some ways, if you're reverse engineering the shootout that I, that I was so happy to have seen, right. Like you need to give, you need to make peacemaker the villain in that. And he's been sort of like, not until that, you know, mm-hmm. until the last 15 minutes prior to that moment, he's, he's been kind of like a, a douche, but he's part of the team. Right. He's on the team. you know? Right. Right. Um, and so I think in that regard, if he didn't kill flag, you would feel, I think really torn about it. You'd be like, Oh, why are these two guys who don't have like, you know, uh, they don't have the need to have this type of beef with one another. It doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. I mean, so except that Peacemaker
0: is pointing a gun at Ratcatcher too. So right, 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 right. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah. Right, uh, I mean, ultimately, I think we're I think there's probably things we could talk about of like, I'm not sure if this could have been done better or maybe I wasn't super thrilled with this. But overall, I don't know. Maybe you have some more. I don't really have a lot of fix the movies. Um, I don't really have a lot of complaints about this movie. I think just top to bottom, start to finish. It was very much enjoyable for me and I didn't see a lot of flaws in it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I th- the thing that I, I walk away not liking is in some ways I feel like the thing that I know I have to accept, mm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so it's like, I don't honestly want them to change it. Cause I think it'd be a worse movie. Um, right. You like know, I also st-
0: didn't like when Rick flag died because I like Rick flag. Like you're not right. supposed to like it when characters you like die, but right. yeah, yeah. that is because it was effective. Right. Yeah.
1: Like, yes. Um, My girl would not be as good if Macaulay Culkin survived the movie, right? right? Um, uh, Mission Impossible would not be as good if Emilio Estevez survives the opening hit, right? Like here's a a quick
0: question: Do you think any of the other characters in the beginning might have actually survived? Um, Other than Weasel, yeah, like. I feel like there were a couple shots where I was like, is that supposed to imply that person's still alive? Like, I think Captain Boomerang, his, like, arm was sticking up holding a boomerang, right?
1: Oh, but I thought that was because his arm got, like, blown clean off the Oh, was it like a severed somewhere. arm? Yeah, I think oh, so. okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. I thought it was his arm sticking out of some rubble or something.
1: No, I think it was almost like a, his arm was his tombstone. <laughs> okay. Right.
0: You're you're probably right. OK, so the answer is then, then is no.
1: No, I'm pretty sure there was uh, other than Harley and Flag, I think everybody else got
0: got Pete, got. Pete Davidson's character. Did they even est- ever establish what his powers were? No, I mean, he had some guns. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's funny.
1: I um, called you. Yeah, I'm the one who called you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, OK, he's just going to die immediately. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I hadn't put it together quite just just then that, oh, they're all going to die.
1: Right. No, but I was like, he's definitely going to get killed right now. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Other couple of favorite parts in the movie. uh, I, you know, I I just think in some ways. This is maybe the most important things that matter is after that opening attack on the beach and everybody dies. They play, the, the, the music kicks in, right? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, like, those are, those are people that died, died, right? Like, <laughs> um, uh-huh. like, that's, like, you know what kind of movie you're in now, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. You're like, oh, we just spent the first 10, 15 minutes of this movie getting familiar with what we believed to have been the Suicide Squad, right. and they're all dead, yep. right? Yep. And this movie is celebrating that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So just like the 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 pure shot like of sucrose that you get from from that moment. So the opening. So what I'm so, I'm sort of considering that collectively to sort of be the culmination of like the opening. Yep. Right. Yep. And then similarly, uh, same exact type of feeling at the end when Sebastian the Rat curls up on Bloodsport's <laughs> knee. And Bloodsport, like, in an extremely awkward fashion, like, That's begins him. to pet the rat. Yeah. And you can see his face subtly change from, like, total revulsion and apprehension to, like, maybe this isn't so bad, yeah, right? yeah. And the Acceptance. music playing is, like, uh, I just wanted to be loved by you, yep. right? Yep. Um, just, like, two needle drops and two moments that, like, set... The tone for the movie, which is like this nihilistic uh, celebration of like, you know, gore and craziness at the beginning that ultimately reveals itself to be by the end. Mm -hmm. A teddy bear. (laughs) It's just like a guy who needed to pet a rat. Right. Yeah. And just loved the bookends of the movie and just really adored sort of the, like the bit of acting that Idris Elba does at the end there with like, (laughs) what I believe is probably like a CGI rat or something. Right. right? Um, It's just pretty, pretty great stuff. All things considered. And you know, Idris Elba's got a lot of good facial expressions in this movie. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, you know, I don't know this at all, but like, did you notice his uh, physical gait when he was running? Like there's a couple times in the movie where he runs and it's like this dude is struggling to run. Oh right? yeah. No, like, I don't think I noticed. It that. looks like he's got like a back problem or a hip problem or something and maybe huh. that's like for the character or maybe that's like something Idris Elba was dealing with or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like um uh but it was just sort of like, man, if that's the case, let's just pretend for the sake of discussion that Elba was like physically struggling in this mm-hmm. movie, right? Um, the fact that he brings such like swagger and Mm. charisma, even if he's like, yeah, I physically can't do much. Right. Hmm. But I'm just like, I'm, I can give off that vibe and that's what you're paying me for. Right. Like, uh, it just, just a, just a tremendous performance. Cause like when you compare that to, you know, like an action star, like Tom Cruise or Chris Evans, right. It's like, these people are like in peak physical condition and like Tom Cruise, whether this is literally true or just seems like it should be true. Like seems like he has a provision in his contract that you get, you have to feature him running. Right. Right. So when you see Idris Elbow wearing like the blood sport helmet and like a wife beater and like white pants, Mm -hmm. like trying to sneakily run across, uh, an alleyway with Rick flag, uh, And he's just sort of like hunched and not moving very nimbly. Mm -hmm. Um, There's something uh, really sort of charming to me about like sort of an older, like an old man Mm. who can't like move the same way that like a typical superhero wants to move still, still being able to like uh, give off when needed the vibe of like, you know, a tremendous badass leader, right? Uh, There's something, I think, better about that than if he was, like, you know, perfect, you know, a a 25-year-old, perfect specimen, like, you know, football linebacker-type body, right? Right. So, at any rate, like, I just thought Idris Elba's performance, whether that was a choice that he made or just sort of, like, the way his body was treating him that day, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. I just thought it was the right the right thing right I think it's better for these for these characters to feel like to be like vulnerable and weird right yeah then I than think perfect. it also
0: makes him a better contrast with Peacemaker right Peacemaker has like yeah. perfect posture and sort of right sleeps in whitey tidies for whatever reason
1: right, <laughs> and, right, right
0: Um, you know is just very buttoned up uh, in terms of how he presents himself and I think and I think Bloodsport's, you know, just a little bit more weary. Like he's got the same skills; he's no less deadly, right? As they yeah. as they establish, but they're very different. They're very different styles. Whereas, I guess if Bloodsport, if he'd prese- if Idris Elba had presented Bloodsport as also like super, just regimented and you know, like meticulous about everything, there it would have felt more redundant i mean i know they make a joke about it but you don't really want two characters to really be like exactly the same right, right. so i think it's kind of right. cool i think i'm agreeing with you that um blood sport really feels very different from peacemaker not just in terms of their personalities and ideologies but even in like the way that
1: they are badass right right yeah yeah totally i think that's one of the like the joys of the film is like At the very beginning, it's like we're going to have two characters that are on paper is the same, Mm -hmm. but in some ways they are each other's opposite Mm -hmm. and they can't be more different. Right. 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 Um, And I think that's really because I think in the world of superheroes, we tend to think of like people's personalities and their abilities as somehow all needing to be distinct Mm -hmm. from each other and like in this world it's like no 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 like the personality is the thing that really matters and we'll, we'll work through the fact that they do the same thing that's not a big problem for us to solve actually yeah right um so yeah uh so, so as far as like best parts of the movie i to me the thing that really makes it work like i've been mentioning is is elba no oh, totally. i think it's
0: just elba it's you- just just a treasure <laughs>
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's funny. I don't know his filmography super well. I mean, I know him, I, I know the wire, yeah. right? Um, and I've seen a few other things that he's been in, but I've 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 not like followed him from project to project to make sure I've been on top of everything. Like I'm not familiar with uh I don't I've never watched the TV show Luther, right? Like there's any number of things that he's done that I'm not really up on. But just, yeah, just in either. this role, it's just really like, man, this he's really He's really got it. He's really figured out how to give this movie like exactly the tone that it needs. Um, what did you think of, uh, I mean, so I think he's a total winner. Uh, what did you think about the remaining cast around him? Are there any who stood out particularly to you as being, as being noteworthy? Um,
0: I think they all. I mean, I loved them all personally. I thought, I thought, yeah. I, thought um, I thought Harley Quinn was great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Margot Robbie was great as Harley Quinn. Um, mm-hmm. I really loved that scene where she's escaping, uh, you know, and she's killing guys, and flowers and butterflies are blooming everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, which you know is. This, is She's still performing, like there's choreography to it, but I guess that's more animation than it is performance. Um, right. But just, yeah, her sort of like lovable, psychotic, but gleeful energy, I think, yeah. um, really adds something to the movie. I think Polka Dot Man, the thing with his mother, um, it's a little bit of a one-trick pony, but still, you know, it's certainly right. a distinctive character, and I think he also... Yeah. I. <laughs> I, I do think it's again, like a joke that works multiple times where they just put his mother's face on things. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, they rule of three, it right. Mm-hmm. They do it with the, the squad. The first time he reveals it, mm-hmm. they do it at the dance at the disco. Yep. Right. And then they do it at the end. It's sort of like, yes, of course. Like, yeah, they have not overdone it. They've done it. Exactly. Right, exactly. A fourth time would times. have been
0: too much, but three is right. is good. Um, King shark is hilarious as we already discussed and peacemaker as a, as a sort of, you know, contrast to blood sport, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and sort of villain in the end, um, works really well. And I think Rick flag, uh, he he's, he's Rick flag, I would say is definitely sort of more of a character in this movie than in the first one. In the first one, he's, not to say he's like not a character but just mm-hmm. i don't know he's he's not really adding much in my opinion in the first one he's kind of right. he's kind of the serious guy who just kind of wrangles everybody whereas in this one i think right. he's got a bit more of a personality and you know there's a reason we both were very sad to see him die it's like he's you like him yeah likable um, right yeah um so no that i mean i don't know if any of them stood out more than the rest but it's because right. they were all really solid to me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think everybody was, I, I thought the casting was sort of perfect. Um, I'm really looking forward if they're able to do it, do more with her. I think Ratcatcher, catcher, two, the actor who does rat oh, catcher I totally two forgot about rat too. Is yeah. quite good. Yeah. Um, and a- as I'm thinking about this, I, I, I honestly realized that um, it, it makes perfect sense to me because she's like one of the best, but uh Viola Davis brings such like intensity to the Waller Mm -hmm. role Mm -hmm. and it's um she's playing it more seriously than anybody else of course in the movie she's she's like the
0: only truly serious person in
1: this movie she's also got like an extremely sarcastic dry sense of humor in the movie but like But, yeah, for sure, she is playing it, like, deathly serious for the most part. Mm -hmm. And I realized that she's, you know, kind of the bad guy, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. in the movie. And she's going to be around, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they could easily do another Suicide Squad movie where she's the baddie because she is, right? She's, like, she brings the gravitas to that role. And she's, like, the constant in the world of Suicide Squad. Right. Um, Yeah, as long as they've got
0: Waller, they can keep making him. Although I am with you that it's sad to not have Rick flag anymore, but
1: right. And so at any rate, yeah, I just, I think everybody was, was, was delivering like perfectly, which is kind of a a miracle for a movie with as many characters as this to have all of them just like work. Yeah. You know, Um, which,
0: which, you know, in hindsight, it's like, of course all those characters at the beginning, like I, I didn't see it coming but mm-hmm. it's one of those things where in hindsight, I'm like, I probably could have pieced this together. Like there's way too many characters <laughs> right, right, right. introduced in the beginning. And also, you know, when I thought back on like the trailer, the trailer shows you some scenes with that early group and it shows mm-hmm. you some scenes with the later group, but like mm-hmm. I didn't really never consider together, the fact that yeah. yeah, they're never all together. Um, but, uh. but yeah. It was just the right <laughs> amount. The Goldilocks yeah, of those, number of characters.
1: I think that's one of those things where, and, and you and I have talked about this in the past, where it's like, don't do the thing where you like frame by frame analyze the trailer. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Don't mm-hmm. do the thing where you read everything you can about a movie before you see it. It's yeah. like it's far more enjoyable to just not know and just uh, yeah. be surprised by it. Yeah,
0: totally. I could have connected the dots, and then I would have known some of the surprises. Which right, right. Would let let my reduce my enjoyment of the movie overall. So glad yep. I didn't. Um so we didn't have a lot of uh nits to pick. Uh we mostly just had a lot of good things to say because we both really liked the movie. So Yeah, yeah. Um I think let's just come up to our final question, which is would we should we would we should we beam it up? Yes. I vote yes. Me too. Yeah. I think it's a it's a more fun and zany and you know sort of light movie than we typically beam up I think.
1: Yeah. From I mean, memory yeah. I think
0: normally we beam up, you know, I don't know, a little bit more like so-called substantial movies, but I think as far as light enjoyable sort of popcorn movies go, this is this is top tier for me.
1: Right? Yeah. I I agree. I just think you know, for all the reasons that we mentioned uh, up top, I think in some ways it's like all the all the things that sort of modern blockbuster movies, which is often synonymous with superhero movies, mm-hmm. have been missing. Right, can be found in this movie. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I think it's just I think in that regard, it's like it's actually special. Now, maybe I, I am certain that countless uh, movie studios, including Marvel and DC will try to recapture some of the magic that they have in this movie. And I, Mm -hmm. in fact, think that, uh, you know, guardians of the galaxy three is going to try to capture some of this magic helmed by one James Gunn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think I, my suspicion is that, the rules, the constraints that he has to work within, within like the marble, a uh, marble, Marvel <laughs> universe, uh, will prevent it from having the same like complete anarchic vibe yeah. that this has at certain points. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think our astronaut will thank us very much for beaming this sucker <laughs> out to space. Yeah, um, I think the replay value is high, uh, and I think the fa- it, the fact that it sort of stands alone as sort of a distinct entry in sort of this whatever 25-year experiment in like superhero movies, right, um, just pretty remarkable.
0: Agreed. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's push the button. Hold on. <laughs> do your thing.
1: Not to sound weird, I have to lick the button. All right. <laughs> There we go.
0: All right. And there you go. There you have it astronaut. We will uh we will be back before too long, I'm sure, for another movie. Mm-hmm.
1: We ha yes, we have a movie chosen for next week, I think. Yes. Um yes. And so uh we'll we'll look forward to to talking through that now that some some good stuff is starting to to trickle in. Yeah. To trickle in, yeah.
0: Um anyway, that's it for now. Thanks for listening, folks. Once again, I'm Dan. I'm Adam. And we'll see you later. Bye.